before we get started on this episode, I just do want to say that uh, this episode we will be touching on uh, death, talking about death. So if that is a sensitive topic for you, um, you know, maybe don't listen or maybe see how it goes. But uh, the goal of this episode is to reframe death. So if you are somebody that maybe has a, not a great relationship with death, maybe give it a listen. But just do want to give listeners kind of that uh, disclaimer before we get into it that touchy subject for some, I understand that. So um, listen under your own advisement. What's up, guys? Uh, coming back to you with another episode. Um, for those that have been listening the past month, I've been doing this podcast on uh, Substack, but recently discovered Acast which is a cool uh, podcast kind of publication platform where now you can get my podcasts on iTunes, um, on Spotify, on, on all the other platforms. And I just figured, you know what, like, let's just go ahead and do this. Um, let's try to get it to a bigger audience. Let's make it easier to access because everybody's got Spotify or iTunes or something like that. So uh, for some of you, maybe this is the first time listening to this podcast. Um, podcast is titled The Simple Man's Guide to a Good Life, and I am Sean Rainey. This podcast is about, um, it's about walking hand in hand with each other, everybody listening, um, and illuminating the path to a good life, and what that looks like, uh, the path that each of us are on, self-discovery for what a good life looks for each of us, talking about my experiences that I've had, that I continue to have on what makes a good life for me, different things that I implement or lessons that I learn and bringing that to you guys and you guys just listening and seeing if it speaks with you, if it resonates with you. Uh, Maybe you can take something away from these conversations I'm having and things that you can implement maybe into your everyday life and see if it can't help you live a little bit better life. At the end of the day, we're always on this path. I don't really necessarily believe in true enlightenment or nirvana, not at least uh, for those of us that are working within the normal confines of the Western world. You know, if you go off and live in Tibet and you become a monk, then yeah, I think enlightenment can happen. But for the rest of us that are trying to work within the confines of everyday life, uh, I think we can take lessons uh, and, and try to learn how to live the best life possible. So for those that have been listening, this is episode five. For those of you that this is uh, your first episode, um, you know, you can go back, search for my episodes uh, on Substack, or just follow along here. There's, no, they're not, each episode doesn't necessarily build on top of each other. There might be references to other ones, but each one's kind of its own, you know, um, self-help, self-betterment in a shot glass, as John Kim, uh, the angry therapist, would say. Um, and that's kind of what I'm, I'm bringing in my own way. So today's topic uh, we're going to be talking about is Memento Mori. That's what I've titled the podcast. Memento Mori is a old Roman Stoic saying. We're going to talk about Stoicism quite a bit today. It simply means remember your death. Kind of an ancient version of Drake's YOLO, right? Uh, You only live once. For the Romans, for the Stoics, it was remember your death. And what does this mean? Quite simply, it just means remember that you are going to die. Now, some of you listening might go, well, hell, that's morbid. I would make the argument that our relationship in the Western world with death is quite an unhealthy one. Uh, We have made the topic of death taboo to talk about. 
where when you do start talking about it, somebody's initial visceral response is don't talk about it. That's taboo. Um, that's morbid, right? And through history and even in other cultures nowadays, death is celebrated, you know, in the fact that it is an understanding that everybody will go through it, it will impact all of us. And instead of hiding from it, shying away from it, let's talk about it openly. Let's, you know, when it happens to a loved one, let's celebrate their life instead of mourning their death, right? Right in there. And we're gonna talk about framing today a lot, but right in there is a framing around death. In one hand, you can frame it as the mourning of a loss, and in the other, you can frame it as a celebration of the life lived. And I think that's beautiful. At the end of the day, we are all going to die. We are all going to leave this earth. Everybody you love will leave this earth. It's not morbid, it's just a fact. We don't have to run from it, we don't have to shy from it. And in fact, like the Stoics did, this one simple fact can be one of the most empowering tools you have in your arsenal on the path to a good life. And this podcast is gonna explain how I've done that and how you can do that too if it speaks to you, if it calls to you. The reason death has been so impactful in my life and why I now use it as a tool for living a good life is when I was 18, 19 years old in 2012, one of my sisters passed away from leukemia. Now at this age, obviously don't have many tools on how to properly internalize that experience, how to deal with that trauma. And it was a traumatic experience, of course. And the better part of my early adulthood and through my 20s, I just stuffed that down inside of me, never dealt with any of that trauma. And it would come up, of course, in unhealthy ways, whether that would be randomly crying at a movie scene where somebody died or certain music causing me to break down. And again, not understanding why, but of course, now understanding why. And so went through the better part of my 20s not dealing with this, and then the pandemic hit. And when the pandemic hit, all of us at first were dealing with existential dread because we didn't know what we were dealing with. We didn't know if everybody was gonna die, if this was the plague, whatever. And I, of course, was dealing with this as well. And it got quite debilitating for me. I was having panic attacks in the middle of the night and death was in the forefront of my mind again. And I realized it wasn't just the pandemic, but it was this trauma, this fear of death from my sister passing. And in that moment, I realized I can take control of this. There's something I can do about this. Let's attack this fear of death I have. And that led me down a path of finding meditation, mindfulness, trying to discover life philosophies. Truly, this is what led me down the path to a good life, right? I didn't know it at the time, but what I was doing was illuminating a path to a whole different view of the world. And those who know me from three years ago, when this all started to happen to now, will say that I have turned into quite a different person, at least how I view the world and view myself and relationships and so on and so forth. And it truly comes from this one thing, my relationship with death. So once I went down this path, I discovered stoicism. 
Stoicism is a Western ancient philosophy, life philosophy that spoke to me. Uh, many call it kind of the Western version of like Buddhism or Taoism. Um, for those of you that know Stoicism, you know what I'm talking about. For those that don't, um, I'm not going to go too far into Stoicism today, but just understand that Stoicism is not this necessarily like stiff upper lip, don't feel emotions, toughen up type thing. That's lowercase Stoicism that gets tossed around a lot in sports. It goes a lot deeper than that. And there are so many different philosophies um, that they adhere to. But the one that most spoke to me and that really got me into the philosophy was their philosophy around death. And their philosophy around death is an acceptance of death. And not only an acceptance of death, but a reframing of death. Instead of dreading death, instead of running from it, embrace it and use it as a framing device for how you're living now. And many people will say that they do this in some way or another. Oh, well, when I'm on my deathbed, I don't, you know, this is how I want to be remembered. These are the memories I want. But I don't think people really sit and internalize what that means or have the tools necessarily to actually use death as a great way to bring them into the present moment. And so for me, what I was able to do through the practice of studying Stoicism and also mindfulness and meditation was start to use death as a framing device for my everyday life. This acceptance that there is no guarantee when I will leave this earth and there's no guarantee when anybody I love will leave this earth caused me to have a great sense of presence and it brought me in the here and now. When you recognize that there is no guarantee when you will die, it causes this massive flood of presence. You stop thinking about the future. You stop dwelling on the past because you realize the only thing that matters is right now. Now, is this something you can do 24-7 all the time? Of course not. But that's why it's a tool in the tool bag of those of us on the path to a good life. So when you find yourself in moments where, let's say you're having a conversation with a loved one and you find your mind racing or you find you're having a hard time paying attention. And again, some of you are gonna be like, man, this is morbid. One of the quickest ways to bring yourself back in the present with that person is to remind yourself, hey, there's no guarantee that this person doesn't get in their car and unfortunately get in an accident tonight. And again, I realize saying that sentence, people are like, Jesus, but it's true. And it's undeniably true because we all know stories. Some of you listening, maybe this has happened to you. And then you feel terrible because that last conversation you had with that person, you weren't fully engaged. And now you think about that, you mull over that your whole life. Well, you can change that right now. Every moment you have, might be the last moment with that person that you're talking to or that loved one. That phone call that you don't wanna to make to your mom or dad or your grandma or grandpa might be the last opportunity you ever have to do that. When we start to accept death as part of our existence, it causes us to live a more intentional life. Every decision we make, every conversation we have, every relationship we hold becomes far more intentional because we realize this is not forever. When we live 
as if it's forever, we live frivolously. We take things for granted. Days go by and we just are going through the motions. And that's not to say here and there it's okay when that happens. I understand. We're human beings. But to have a tool that can reframe life for us and in these moments where we want to be brought into the present, it's, a, it's one of the best tools, if not the best tool you can have because it is true, it is existential, and it brings you back in the moment. One of the best meditations I have ever done is a meditation called the last time meditation. This is a meditation like all meditations where you sit and focus on your breathing at first. And then you bring about either a loved one or even a pet and you meditate on the fact that there is going to be a last time with that person, that thing, that animal. And again, I'm gonna keep reiterating, in our culture, people are gonna be like, man, that's morbid. But through this meditation, what you start to find near the end is a lot of tears, but a lot of compassion and love and forgiveness and presence. I've done these meditations and made phone calls to either friends or loved ones I haven't talked to in years. You know, I've apologized or opened myself up emotionally to somebody that I otherwise wouldn't. All based off of this idea and this, this framing of there's no guarantee that I'm gonna wake up tomorrow. And there's no guarantee that this other person isn't gonna wake up tomorrow, right? I was just listening to a great podcast um, by John Kim, the angry therapist. But they had a podcast called uh, Love Like It's the Last Time or Love Like It's the End, something along those lines. But the whole framing was if you love the person that you're choosing to love, like this is the last chance you're going to have, it makes you so much more not only committed but open and emotionally available and present and mindful with that person because you're reminding yourself and there's no guarantee to this thing. And whether that's just from a breakup or from them truly leaving this earth, it causes deeper commitment from you on an emotional, spiritual level that otherwise I don't think you can necessarily have. So when we talk about death in Western culture, it always seems to be something around morbidity, right? It is a morbid conversation. And I just urge you guys to think about death in a different way. One, for some of us, maybe it's just an acceptance. We just have to accept our finality. That can be hard at first. But once we can accept that we are going to die, everybody around us is going to die, then from there, we have a choice. You have the choice how you view that. And you can sit there and be morbid about it and dwell on it. That's your choice. Or you can go, hey, you know what? I know this is a fact, so this is gonna influence how I live. I'm gonna take risks, right? That speak to me, that are authentic to me. I'm gonna take those trips that I've been putting off. I'm not just gonna accept that I'm a cog in the economic wheel, right? I know I have to provide for myself and my family and I'm gonna do that and hopefully I'll be able to find jobs I'm passionate about and all that. But, you know, nonetheless, I'm gonna make sure that the most important things to me in my life are my relationships that I'm holding, my experiences that I'm having, the way that I'm showing up in my daily life. Because at the end of the day, 
when you die, right? 50, 100 years from now, unless you are a historical figure, nobody's gonna remember you, right? I mean, even people in your own family tree, think about right now, do you really know your great, great, great grandma, grandpa? No, some of you might not even know their names and that's your own family. Think about the rest of the world. It's an acceptance that like, nobody's gonna know who we are 50, 100 years after we die. And again, that can be sad to some of you. But what that means is the only thing that matters is right now, is the time you have right now, the present moment, the day in and day out of your life. And the only thing that matters is how you're showing up, how you are living. Are you living for others? Are you being compassionate, empathetic, present, mindful, loving, trying to help others in the best way you know possible? Because that's the only thing that truly matters in this world anymore, or ever, really. Using death as a framing device brings us the ultimate amount of presence right here and now. So, I'm going to urge you guys this next week, these next couple of days, to one, just reflect on your relationship with death. How has death shown up in your life? What does that look like for you? How is your relationship with death? How is relationship with your own finality? What does that look like? And then from there, can death be a framing device for you? Are there moments where you just wish you could be more present, where you wish you could be in the here and now, where you are with a loved one, somebody you care about, and you wish you could be present with them? Is there somebody who you wish you could forgive, you just can't seem to bring yourself to do it? Meditate on their death. What are the last things you would want to say to them? These are all things that can be extremely empowering if you allow them to be. If you allow them to be crippling and morbid, that's your choice. I'm gonna leave you with a quote from Marcus Aurelius. The quote reads as follows. Let each thing you would do, say, or intend be like that of a dying person. Because guess what? The moment you were born, you became a dying person. I don't want you guys to leave this episode feeling down. I want you to feel empowered. Accept your finality, accept your death, and ask yourself, how do I wanna live until that day? Would you be happy if tomorrow you were on your deathbed? If not, make the changes that need to happen. I know it's easier said than done. I know there's plenty of things out there that make this hard to do. But at the end of the day, it's all we have. This life that we're living right now is the only one you got. The day in, day out is the only one you got. You gotta make the hard choices. You gotta walk the path of the good life. If you wanna look back on your life, if you get to live a long life and die on your deathbed at 100 years old, you're lucky enough to have that. What kind of life do you want to look back on? And if it's an unfortunate, tragic ending, hopefully you're able to know you lived the way that you wanted to. 
And that's what using the memento mori, remember your death, philosophy is all about. It's up to you how you live. This next week, go use death as a framing device a little bit. Get a little bit more intimate with it. See how you react to it. Connect some dots. Go have a great week, guys. Try to use this as a framing device when you're feeling a little out of touch with your own existence this week. See you guys.